Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome to the NASCAR NBC Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Ryan. Today here at the Charlotte Convention Center, part of NASCAR Production Days, where we are joined by the defending Daytona 500 winner, Austin Dillon. Austin, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is fun. We were talking earlier today, actually, about the turnover in the Cup Series this year. And yeah. you said you were kind of astounded. What did we say there were? Like more than a 15? dozen changes? Yeah, so like roughly 15 maybe crew chiefs, like driver swaps and changes. I guess more like just mixing it up, but... A lot of guys switching up. I'm one of those guys. You know, I got Stockman this year right. back with me, so I'm really pumped about that. But I don't know. It might have something to do with the rule changes and just people wanting to, to make changes. So it's, it's pretty cool. Well, as you mentioned, you do have a new crew chief this year in Danny Stockman. You guys won a truck and an Xfinity championship together, and now you're working together in Cup. I would presume you're pretty happy about working with a guy you've won a couple of times. Yeah, so. I'm really pumped about it. Um, it's really cool that we have the opportunity to win all three together. Um, I think that's special, and uh, to be the first to do that, uh, I feel like uh, this package and, and all that's going to go into it kind of plays into our hand as far as working together in the past in the truck series with drag and downforce, trying to get that perfect number on the body. So, you know, we'll work real hard together, and he, he's one of those people, when you communicate well with someone, that you can say about two words and he can finish a sentence. <laughs> For me, he's that guy. He, yeah. really, he really understands where I'm going and I've been kind of looking for that for a long time now and and when I say something is is to when he responds with okay if I say I'm loose and I already in the back of my mind have an adjustment that I would like him the direction to go he kind of would just go ahead and go that way with it you know um, where sometimes you might tell a guy right I'm loose here and he go, wants to go track bar and I'm thinking wedge um, so when he says track bar I'm like dang that's not really what I wanted so um, Stockman's always been that guy that when I'm thinking a certain way on a direction, he, he usually goes that way. Why do you think he has that quality? Well, first of all, he taught me a lot about racing. So that's we, we kind of agree on adjustments, and he taught me like shocks a lot, a lot about shock springs and combinations of that sort and the directions that we should go when it comes to making adjustments on the car. They're pretty simple, a race car, if you look at it. I mean, the simple as far as the suspension goes and, and mechanics of it um, once you get the ha- learn of it. But some people have different directions that they like to go when adjusting a car some people like certain adjustments better than others so um, the adjustments I like he likes because those are the adjustments he kind of taught me and um, when you were in the truck series yeah in when in the truck okay. series Xfinity those are things that we like to adjust when we have a certain problem to fix it so those fix-alls that we've always had when you switch to a new guy their fix-alls might be different than than yours. So it's kind of nice having him back, and and I know he's going to work in the directions that I like to work and because of the the past. Now, Danny is not an engineer, right? He is not. No, he's just kind of an old-school racer, 
when it comes to that. He raced himself. His dad raced um, Stockman. Uh, pretty much, he was car chief under for for uh, Hornaday during Rick Wren days, and uh, we brought him over from then. RCR, of course, has engineers and yep. has an engineering crew chief in Luke Lambert. But when I think of RCR, Austin, I'm, I think of your grandfather. I, th I think of like the old school racer, racer mentality. Yeah. And when I look at Danny Stockman, I haven't talked to him that often, but when I see him, that's immediately the vision yeah. I have in my head that he is cut from that cloth. He definitely is. You know, he's uh, he's one of those neat freaks, clean clean car. <laughs> he loves his cars, just perfect. He really cares about his car, which is nice. And um, it's a different direction. And and now we the way it's set up, we have three engineers underneath him that will work you know for him pretty much to to get what we need out of the race cars when it comes to setup. But his job is it, now a crew chief role is it's it's kind of crazy. Has it, how it's evolved. He's got to be a leader for the team and then a communicator. Um, he, he might get in there and dig on the car some, but it's almost a communication situation more than, than the guy that's making every decision about the car. Um, there's so many guys now that we have that are so smart that you can utilize your crew the right way, and I think it benefits you more than being that guy making every decision. Right. I mean, it's not a perfect parallel, but in football where you have a head coach then you have the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Perfect. They're making the calls, and the engineers are kind of doing that yeah. for the crew chief, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and your, your engineers got to respect and know that the crew chief um, knows what he's doing and trust in that. So I think that's key. The team, Austin, also has a mix of old and new faces. I understand that several guys were a part of your previous championships, like your spotter, Andy Houston, engineer Ryan Sparks, aero specialist. I'm going to screw up the name, Robert. Yeah. Stramska? Yep. Junebug is what we call him. <laughs> Junebug. That, that is a hard name, Robert Stramiska. All right. That's much easier. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Junebug. And then you also have several kind of second and third generation racers. I mean, the mix of, of old and new that you guys have on that team. Yeah, we've mixed it together well. You know, we've had some really great employees over the years. And I think it's also cool is Stockman and I both kind of went separate ways for a couple of years working with other people. So it opens your mind up also how to work with other people. And, and you brought we brought some of those people that we found uh, while we were away from each other, back together into our group and into this team, and um, all of a lot of them are all racers. Like you said, they they enjoy to race. That's what they do when they're not at NASCAR race. They're racing themselves. Mm -hmm. um, you, like Robert, he dry, he races a four cylinder when he every chance he gets. Um, Sean, our new interior guy, racer. His, his dad was a racer. Um, we just got a bunch of racers on this team this year, which is nice because you got to have that those guys that eat. Uh, sleep and breathe this to really put in the work and effort that it takes to go the extra mile to get that little extra uh, in these race cars. Being a part of that racer mentality that you guys are all racers, I understand there's been some team bonding in the off season. Yeah. You guys played a little paintball recently. We played a little paintball, <laughs> and um, I still got the bruises to show for it. Uh, Stockman got me pretty good before we even started the match, which <laughs> it kind of goes back to an old story. I shot him at my at my house one time. Um, while we were just hanging out, and he got me. Like I was, I had the idea to go play paintball because I want to shoot everybody up. And I got him a gun. I was like, he's got. He's like, you got me a good gun. I was like, yeah, yeah. Handed the gun, and I went to go shoot mine in. And I came back around the corner, and he just lit me up before we even started playing. And he was like, that's for shooting me back in the day, blah blah. I said, I'm going to get you today. So the first game, I definitely got him back pretty good, but not as good as he got me. I mean, he shot me ten yards away. I got bruises on both legs. It's, it's pretty funny. It's kind of funny to think of that as a team bonding experience where you're, you're shooting each other yeah. and feeling, yeah, we're getting closer together here. Yeah, it was it was different. We split up teams a bunch of different times. You had to work together. If not, 
you got shot. So it was kind of fun. <laughs> is that important to have to sort of all like each other just because you're going to be around each other all the time? Yeah, you got to. I mean, I've been on teams that guys don't really care for one another, and it's not fun. You got to have guys that, you know, there's going to be arguments because there's grown men that get grumpy over time, but they got to know what they're doing this for. You're all fighting together for one dream, and that's to, to win races in the Cup Series and to have a chance to win a championship. And that's what all, we're all fighting for. We all have the same goal. So, yeah, I think team bonding is, is key, you know, moving forward in a, in a for a team. What else did you do during the off season? Anything fun? I went hunting quite a bit, um, caught a couple colds. That sucked. Uh, <laughs> but I'm healthier now. I feel like I'm getting healthier. Um, I went to Costa Rica with my mom and dad and my wife's mom and dad, which is awesome that our two families can hang out and have fun together. Uh, you know, my dad and her dad were just out there because I, I got sick in Costa Rica, so I couldn't go to some of the things that they were doing. And my dad, her dad, and Whitney and my mom went fishing while her mom kind of stayed and looked after me because she wasn't big on the boats. So um, everybody really had a fun time. Family is so key in, in all of this to have everything worked out right with family and, uh, you know, being together. And I can't uh, thank them enough for supporting me, all of them. So uh, I, I kind of put that Costa Rica trip together for all of us, and it was a blast. Does Whitney's family have any r- relation to racing aside from her being yeah, there? Yeah, actually, you? it's okay. pretty cool. Um, her dad was a GNCC racer, oh, okay. and so he raced dirt bikes a lot and took her all over the place racing uh, dirt bikes when uh, she was little. She would just kind of follow him around, and and um, uh, their my f- brother-in-law, he, he raced dirt bikes too uh, along that way, and uh he my father-in-law he had some bad crashes like my dad so it's so funny the similarities to listen to these two like competitors who've beat up all these bones in their body (laughs) racing dirt bikes and and just talking about it and they still want to go out there and have the urge to race i'm like no guys like you guys like really walk around the corner and something else hurts like no, you guys need chill. <laughs> They're just competitors, which is cool. Does your dad still race occasionally? No, he won't. He mom pretty. He put the stop at it the last time because he hurt his back pretty bad. And as far as Whitney's dad, Shawnee put Shawnee and Whitney both put the stop on him because he he didn't have a uh, brake pedal. Man, he didn't know when to stop. He <laughs> he wrecked a lot too. Some, I think sometimes racers need help from other people to yeah. tell them when to stop. Exactly, and it's not really ever on their time. So. <laughs> It seems like family vacations are a big thing for your family. I feel like I heard uh, your dad, Mike Dillon, on Sirius XM a couple of years ago, and he was talking about how everybody was piling into a car and driving to like Disney World or, yeah, or somewhere. We did that. <laughs> yeah, we went to, uh, we did a road trip, me, Whitney, my mom and dad. We road trip through Charleston, I think. No, it was Charleston, Savannah. We went to Savannah and then down to Disney World for a couple of days and then came back. So. Yeah, we have we, we, we hang out quite a bit. You together. guys all like each other to spend yeah. that much time in the car together. That's cool. So your relationship with another professional athlete, Austin, I know that you've tweeted about it a lot, Christian McCaffrey Yeah. on the Panthers. Has he become a buddy of yours? Or how, yes, how's that he relationship has. Work? Um, yeah. It's pretty cool. You know, I, I hit him up when he was at Stanford. I followed him when he was at Stanford because I was a fan watching him just, you know, run these crazy runs, 100-yard runs across the field. No one could tackle him. Started following him. Getting close to NFL draft time, I hit him up on a direct message. I was like, hey, man, I think you're going to get drafted by the Panthers. I, I feel it. I feel like you're coming to the Panthers. <laughs> no inside like, oh, knowledge yeah, yeah. at all. You just no, had uh-uh. a vibe. Okay. So they took him with, like, the number 11 pick, and I was like, dude, you're coming. When you get here, you don't know anybody. Hit me up. We'll hang out. So we direct messaged for a while. I got his number. We started texting, and it took a full year before we actually ever hung out. 
at the all-star race he came to it with a couple other panthers players that was the first time we met he had a blast hung out with us saw the whole all-star race after the all-star race he was ready to beat jamie mcmurray up he said the one car was in my way during that race blah blah, blah. <laughs> i was like man it's just racing it's all good so he had a good time at the all-star race we've stayed in touch throughout the football season um the guys that cut my hair cut his hair now they go up to his apartment cut his hair and We've just all kind of hung out. My buddy Paul that's on the team has become close with him and Tim Roach, who is, is uh, Christian's buddy. And the, it's just a, it's a good group of friends to have. They came to the Paul's wedding and enjoyed that with us. Um, and now uh, he's going to be at the 500 with me. So oh, is that's going to be cool. Yeah, oh, cool. I'm glad he's going to come and, and enjoy that in his offseason. Because he's so strict about, man, like what he does during season and during offseason. He's, he's a just a – legend when it comes to training and taking care of his body his diet is really serious so if you can get him to slip out it's like once in a lifetime like kind of deal he doesn't really go out and do a whole lot because he's so focused on his craft which is awesome so it's pretty it's inspiring because I've, I've changed try and change my diet this year um to to just work on my body a little bit more because i know this year it's going to be a little i feel like it's going to be more physical um, at some of these tracks uh, with the more downforce. Do you know if he's been to any cup races before? Well, he went to the All-Star race, oh, All-Star but race, never, right. yeah. never, I don't feel like a full-fledged cup race. This will be his first, and hopefully we can treat him to a good time at the 500. What did you like about him when you watched him playing at Stanford that told you, like, this is a guy who won the Panthers? Is it that focus? And I know, obviously, he's got that grit. He's small, but he's tough. He goes over the middle. What do you like about his style? Well, he's kind of like a unicorn, man. You don't see short running backs in, in any football setting anymore. And so he was having to do something different, obviously, to, to make himself competitive, right? And uh, I just respected that the fact that he just took it and ran with it. So you know, his uh, family background is, is pretty awesome, too. His mom and dad, Ed McCaffrey's a legend, uh, Broncos receiver. His, his brothers are also winning state championships. So that whole family is pretty inspiring, the, the stuff that they're able to accomplish. They're, they're determined and just athletes. Great great genetics, obviously. Yeah, obviously. And you mentioned, obviously, he's a good influence on you. You're more in shape, tried to cut out sugar. You're eating more meats and vegetables. Did he have some impact on that and influence? He did. Yeah, really. We went to dinner, and like uh, they chose this spot in downtown Charlotte, and like all of it was pretty much organic-type stuff, you know, you know, good meats. And he talked about certain things that he doesn't does and doesn't eat. And I was like, man, I was doing that a couple years back, and I stopped when my, my wife actually was like, hey, you're skinny. You need to put on some weight. I was like, well, I know how to do that. I just eat whatever I want. I was eating right. There was no bread, no cheese. I was doing that before. I was just no bread, no cheese was my deal. But he kind of takes it to another level with certain things, and I'm interested in that. I'm going to learn more from him this year. I think uh, might stop out in Colorado and talk to him about a diet and, and meet with some of his, his people that he uses and works with. Like I said, he is so focused on his craft, and it's cool to see. So – you look good, and your crew chief, Danny Stockman, also yeah. lost about 65 pounds. The guy is on it, man. Like <laughs> he, he was motivating also because you know he lost 60 pounds. He's pumped about this year. He's like, I'm coming, I'm coming up there. I'm going to be right. I'm going to get my body right. And he, he lost 60 pounds doing the keto diet, and he's he's been strict on it. That's a tough diet, man. It's pretty much no sugar, no carbs. I mean, you got you got all the fats you want to eat. It trains your body to instead of burning carbs, you're burning fat. It's a hard switch, so I mean, I guess the first week's pretty tough, and then when it switches over, you feel better, your body feels better, and you just kind of get it and you understand like what you have to do and where you're at in, in the ketosis stage. And I think that came from Matt Tift because it actually the keto diet came for cancer patients, people that have had cancer, uh, and it okay. kind of it you, 
I guess cancer can't live when you're eating like that, um, putting those type of things in your body. So, you know, because cancer grows better with, like, sugar and all that bad stuff that's not supposed to be in your body. So um, Matt Tift ate that way, and Stockman saw it, recognized it, and understood it, and then, like, put his mind to it. And 60 pounds later, he's he's looking good. Had him doing yoga yesterday, actually. It's pretty funny. You've been as good an influence on him as he, he has on you, apparently. I hope so. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Is this sweeping through the number three team, or are there other... Uh yeah, we got some other guys on the teams that we're gonna we're gonna push to get there. I think SJ is the next guy or Ty guy. We're gonna push him to get on the keto diet, hopefully. <laughs> okay. You mentioned Austin that part of this is because of the new rules, the lower horsepower, you think the higher downforce that's gonna be more physical. Yeah, I think the short tracks are definitely Dover, Bristol, when you have all that spoiler, man, it's gonna be hang on to your hat because you're gonna be trying to get all you can every lap. Tires are gonna be wearing out like crazy, I feel like too, with all that downforce, so It'll be interesting to see some of these places, Dover and Bristol. Physically, you're going to have to be ready to go. But, you know, the other thing is just healthy life kind of deal. You know, just want to take care of my body. What you put in it is uh, is your fuel. And uh, I wouldn't put in bad fuel in my race car, so why would I do it to my body? We're sitting here talking ahead of the Las Vegas test, so I know there's limited knowledge you guys have. Really, there's limited knowledge until Atlanta and Vegas, and you guys actually see this package. But do you have any anticipated outcomes for what this is going to be? Do you like it? I know some guys yeah. are kind of split on it. Yeah, I'm I'm in a good place with it. You know, I I feel like you, it doesn't matter what body style or anything you put on a race car, it's still going to be a race when it comes down to it, and somebody's going to win it. So I like I like the positivity of it and what it what it looked like at the All Star race. Um, I think it's going to give more opportunities for more winners. Um, this year because track position is going to be key putting yourself in position is going to be key and then and being aggressive you know it'll reward aggression uh, out on the track some people don't like that you know it's part of racing and it has been forever so we'll see how it goes I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for it I can't wait to get to the test uh, I feel like it's good for our organization RCRs I feel like we've been pretty predominant in the Xfinity series in the past so mixing those numbers of drag downforce horsepower mixing that together should be good for combination for us moving forward you have no problem with aggression I would think on the track either right that's kind of I, what you like to do I don't mind it uh for for winning purposes you know what I mean when it comes down to to getting a W but you know you know there's a time and place for it too I'm not going to do it for 12th out there you know right. 11th uh, you gotta you you gotta be aggressive to get in that position most of the time, and that's not wrecking people to get to the front. But when you're in the front and it, and you gotta make it happen in the last lap, I definitely want to bring home those trophies for our organization and all the people that have put in all the effort back home. So people are talking about the new package going in the 2019 Austin. Another thing people are talking about in terms of NASCAR and racing is uh, esports. Yeah, a little bit of stuff off the track, and I know that some teams are actually going to have their own kind of esports style league. Are you getting a little bit more into that and kind of exploring I am. it? Yeah. My my grandfather, he's like, "Hey, I don't know nothing about these video games. <laughs> You're going to have to be my contact on this." So I'm like, "All right, well, I'll uh, I'll do my best to try and figure out who the guys are that are hard to beat out there and who the good guys are because it's cool, man. I think every uh, cup team is going to have their own team underneath them, so." I I I, fig I think I can actually get my own team, but I have to pay for it hmm. the first year. So the owners already got their teams, and Junior Motorsports is linked into the Cup guys with it. So it'll be interesting to see how that draft goes. But I, I would like to have my own team, but I might kind of have it since my grandfather is not real big in the e esports or e games. But I'm teaching him teaching him about it, and I'm learning about it too right now. I've been playing a little bit on Twitch lately, mm -hmm. um, but I I actually enjoy playing uh, Call of Duty and Blackout. 
but uh, I need to do more NASCAR heat so I can figure out who the guys are. RCR is going to have a team then. And I think so. Yeah. I think most all the teams will. And you would be in the uh, war room with RC helping him make these draft picks then perhaps. <laughs> I hope so. Team. We'll see. I, I don't know how it's going to work out. I've just been hearing more and more about the E-League, and my grandfather has, has said, hey, let's get prepared for this because I want to have a good E-League team. I'm like, okay, man, that's pretty cool it's that, that my grandfather's celebrating his 50 year, 50th <laughs> year in racing and is worried about our E-League team one day. It sounds like he's kind of sold on the concept then. Yeah, he I mean, he, he's sold on anything that helps NASCAR, man. He's really, it's pretty amazing the amount of focus and energy he puts into our sport still at his age, and he wants it to be successful. So he, he wants to, and he's a competitor. He, he does not like to lose. What's cool about him. What do you think about the esports trend? Do you think it's something that could bring more people your age into following NASCAR? Or? I definitely do. I can't believe the amount of people that play video games to these days. I mean, I, I can get on at any time and play with 100 players in Blackout, Call of Duty, and like get in a game every every minute. It's crazy. Uh, so people play it and enjoy it, and it's just the future. It's what it is. So you better get with it or, or you're going to get left behind, I guess. Let's wrap up, talk a little bit about the Daytona 500. You were telling us earlier this year when you did the big car wash after you won that race that Shaq was your favorite interview yeah. that you did and that he told you, uh, gave you some sage advice that you should give your mom the Daytona 500 trophy to kind of motivate you to, to win more trophies. Yep. Is that sort of the idea? That is the idea. You know, it's it's so cool that he gave me advice first of all and he's a huge human being like if he was sitting in this room he, i feel like he's still fill it up <laughs> he's a presence yeah so uh it was a cool interview and just telling me to get refocused pretty much more than anything is what i got out of it like don't just lay your hat on that and um get more you know get more is the biggest thing is you know you can't be satisfied the greatest greatest guys jimmy johnson's impressive to me he's got seven championships and then he's wanting to go out there you see him on social media running go-karts, getting ready for the season. He's pumped up, man. The best don't quit. So to be the best, you got to keep working and keep keep getting after it. So that's the motivation behind it all. Did you give your mom the trophy? It's still in the barn, but you know what? Before I leave for Daytona, I might actually send it to her house. I might do it tonight. We're having a little Bible study at the house. I might just tell her to take it with her home. I'll get it another time. I'll get it when, when, <laughs> when my NASCAR career is over and hopefully I have a couple more to give her before then. So you won that race in such a memorable fashion. You were talking earlier, you're aggressive, but you're not going to just wreck a guy to, to finish 12th or whatever. But in this case, obviously, yeah. biggest race of the year, last corner, or heading into the to second to last sure. corner. and yeah. Midway down the backstretch. Midway down the backstretch. You make the decision, I'm going to take this spot from Eric yeah. Almirola. Two things, Austin. One I'm interested in is that Eric was not upset by that no. at all. Did that surprise you? Um... Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I mean, he you lose the biggest race of the year, and he acted amazing to, toward yeah. it. Like he he handled it how you're supposed to. I feel like I would handle it and understand it, but I don't know if my emotions would be able to be held like his were together. So that was impressive. I thought from him from that standpoint, he he handled that really well. Um, but I do I feel like he knows that I didn't just turn him. I made a move left. Mm-hmm. He did a pretty good job blocking, and I just went right. And when I went right, it, it hooked him. Um, and I was just moving. I was going wherever he was going to go. I'm going to go the opposite way. He's doing his best to go one way. I'm going to go the other way because I've got the momentum. So it wasn't like I just – I didn't connect his right rear bumper and hook him and into the fence. If you watch, I'm behind him and sliding against his back bumper. But as I'm going right, it catches. You know, I just – my momentum was already there. It's the speed of the car. My car's going faster than yours. If you want to try and block it, that's good. He did the same thing I would have done if I'm leading. I'm going to try and block. I, I mean, 
I bet he's looked at it too. I mean, if I was in his position, I'd look at it again. It's like maybe I should have let him have the bottom, then side draft him. You know what I mean? Looking back, right. maybe that's that's a move that. But then everybody's like, "Why didn't you block him?" You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Exactly. So yeah, he's doing the same. It's just back and forth game making the moves. I mean, if he loses by an inch at the start finish line because he side drafted me instead of blocking me, then that's gonna be why didn't he? Why, why didn't you, you block just him? block him? Yeah, right. You just got to put yourself in a position to win. Yeah. We were in a good position. He his decision was to block. My I, I was going. I wasn't going to hit the brakes for him. If yeah. I do that, what are my guys going to say? Right, right. Why did you not go through him? And you would have won the Daytona 500. I took advantage of the situation I was in, and expect anybody to. The other thing about that that strikes me is when you know you're making those split second decisions and things happen. And again, Eric gets out of the car. He understands what you did. A lot of times in the last couple of years, we've seen veterans who take umbrage whenever another guy races him hard or hits mm-hmm. him. And this was an example, uh, I think, of two younger guys who just, you guys had an understanding. Is it generational to an extent? Because I feel like we hear older veterans say, the young guys today, they race differently than we did. They just, they knock each other out of the way for position. They got a different way of doing it. Is that some of what was happening there? Because it seems like you guys had, you and Eric had an understanding that maybe uh, you and an older guy might not have. I will say, I think most guys understood what I was doing on the last lap in, in the 500. I haven't met one yet that said they would do something different than what I did. So mm-hmm. that's one thing. Um, I came into the, the Cup Series when all the guys were still there, Junior, Stewart, Gordon. So I have a good like transition period um, from them leaving and racing with them for a year and understanding like how they race, kind of. Um, and maybe even before that, I missed some stuff, but Tony Stewart was a great example. Tony Stewart was a guy where if you were faster than him, you got to him – he got out of the way. There was no racing. I mean, it was, I get within a car length, two car lengths, he got out of the way. And it was awesome. Like, oh, that's great. Thanks. It's almost weird like that you're letting me go right now, right? But his rule was when he got to you, if you didn't get out of the way, he was going to move you. Like, And it wasn't like you could race him for a lap. It was like, if he's there, you better move. Just, just the same way he raced you, right? Right. And I remember racing him like hard one time at Kentucky, I think. And it like held him up for a couple laps. Ended up getting by me. But it was like a couple laps where I hurt him pretty good because I was racing him. Well, the next week we go to Indy, and I had a fast car. And I'm running down Tony. And Indy is one of those places if you, you can make it hell on somebody if you want to, and your car is good in that certain area. And Tony held me up for probably literally a full stint, like a full fuel run. Like, I could not get by him. About hit the wall. It was like, I was so, like, frustrated. And after the race, he came by me. He was like, hey, I know you had the fastest car and I could have let you go, but you know that was for last week, right? And I was like, yeah, man, whatever. So I just, (laughs) that's kind of their, the older guy mentality was, like, we're not going to race hard when the guy's faster. Right. You're not going to do that. And I kind of had to morph into that. And then you got guys coming in now that have, just hey, we're gonna race the out of each other from lap one. That's that's how it's gonna be, and that's how it's gonna go. And I'm not saying everybody was like Tony Stewart back then. I mean, back that I raced against Matt Kenseth. My gosh, he races you hard. Ryan Newman races you hard. There's different guys that have different racing mentalities. I feel like out there, but Stewart was like I thought was the benchmark of that. Like when I get to you, get out of my way. When you get to me, I'll get out of your way, and that's what it was. And so. You have two different transitions coming on, and I do see that. But 
and then there, I think there's ego in all that too. That that comes from some of the older guys. You know, when a young guy comes in there and he's a hot shot, I, I feel like you're talking about you're you're kind of leaning toward like the Harvick Ross Chastain deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Ross was putting a whooping on those boys that day, and that and Harvick worked his butt off to get up there, got to him, and kind of had a race going, and then they wreck. So I that's where Harvick I think got frustrated a little bit, and and just spoke you know what he said said what he said but i was in a good transition period i guess is what i'm saying as to understanding why certain people race that way because i in xfinity i raced hard every lap and then i got the cup series and was like uh this is different you know what i mean you got (laughs) to learn how to do it yeah and then more guys are coming in now that just race hard and i think people are starting to adapt just everybody's racing a lot harder yeah you see all sides of it so do you think it's moving toward the way it was for you in xfinity where everybody just races hard all the time and is a better way to do it I think yeah. it is. I think it's moving toward that, but and but in a soft, a little bit softer version, um, because you you're gonna get run over if you block. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just gonna happen. That's just the respect part of it. Like nobody in in the cups garage is a bad driver. Like they're all great drivers. So when you block that guy, every one of them has been told you get blocked, you move them. You just don't you don't block. Right. So if you make that aggressive move to block, you better be ready for it. It's gonna be you're probably gonna get sent. Yeah. So that's why you don't see some of the guys holding people up every lap because if you did it every weekend, you you just wreck cars constantly. Right. right. You know what I mean? So there's got to be respect at some point throughout the race that, hey, all right, you're faster than me. I, if I race you, it's just going to hold us both up, and then two guys behind us are going to catch us. So we're just going to keep losing positions out here messing with you. Let this one guy go, even though it's hard on your ego, get back in line, and then race. So you got to pick your battles and the good ones pick their battles well. You did so last year, certainly, in this race, the Daytona 500. Great insight, Austin. Thanks for joining us. I know this was the end of a long media day. You battled through a cold. Yeah. Thanks for being a trooper. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good one, man. Our thanks again to Austin Dillon for making time at the end of a long media day. As you probably heard, he was a little under the weather, so I appreciate him giving us 30 more minutes after several hours of nonstop interviews, questions, and photo shoots. Thanks to Austin. And thanks to number three team rep Jackie Franzel for coordinating the conversation and providing many good background nuggets that help frame some of the questions. Really appreciative of that as well. The Daytona 500 is this Sunday, and NASCAR America returned to the air this week, Monday through Thursday daily at 5 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN. And it's a completely reimagined NASCAR America for 2019. We've got several new shows and lineups of analysts and personalities bringing you the lowdown on NASCAR and much more this year. The NBC Sports Group Motorsports Portfolio has expanded to include IndyCar, IMSA, and Supercross. And that will be reflected in our Thursday editions of NASCAR America at 5 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN. And you'll be hearing some of those voices from our other motorsports series on the NASCAR NBC podcast this year. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a rating and review if you like what you're hearing, and I really appreciate all the kind words recently on Apple Podcasts. And as always, any feedback you can send it to me on Twitter, at Nate Ryan is my handle. Thanks again for listening to the NASCAR NBC Podcast. Podcast.